Getter is the new social media platform with the mission of fighting cancel culture, defending free speech, and challenging big tech. Great technology, lively conversation, and an active community have propelled Getter's rise to become the fastest-growing social media platform of all time. Try it yourself at www.getter.com. Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics, life and culture. My name is Freddie Gray. I'm the deputy editor of The Spectator. I'm delighted to be joined by Grace Curley today, who is host of The Grace Curley Show and a much-loved contributor to The Spectator's world website. And we're going to be talking about the resignation of Andrew Cuomo. Now, Grace, up until yesterday, the sort of intelligent thing to say, it seemed, on Twitter and in various publications, was that despite the mountains of evidence against Andrew Cuomo, he probably wouldn't resign. He'd probably find a way to survive because the truism of American politics these days, and I think this applies to Republicans as well as Democrats, to be fair, is that if a politician accused of sexual abuse can just ride out the storm without a smoking, smoking gun, then they just about get away with it and they move on. But yesterday, uh, to the shock of many, Andrew Cuomo resigned. Were you surprised by the news? Yes, I, I, I was. I was part of that group that thought he was going to, just like you said, ride this out. I thought he was going to be like Governor Ralph Northam from Virginia and just hope that over time people forget and um, or they move on to something else. I think a huge part of this, Freddie, is that the news cycle is so fast and it really has worn on people. People have fatigue of, you know, all of this coverage round the clock of scandals and then you add the pandemic to it. So I think people's attention span for things is very short. So I was of the mindset that that combined with the fact that he is a sociopath is kind of a perfect recipe for him never, ever saying he's sorry, resigning. And that's a big part of it, too, is he didn't feel any remorse. He still does not. Even in his resignation speech, it was very clear that he does not think when he lays his head down on his pillow, he does not think he did anything wrong. He does not lose any sleep over this. So why would he resign if you know, all of those factors added up, I thought he was going to ride the wave. And I'm delighted, I don't say this often, but I'm delighted that I was wrong. Yeah. Well, let's just, just to explain to British listeners the, the Ralph Northam case, because it was a bit different. It was a governor of Virginia was photographed as a student or perhaps at high school in a photograph, either as a Ku Klux Klan fancy dress outfit or in blackface. And... Yeah, we weren't sure which one. It was a, it was a picture... And both of the people in the picture, one of them is him, but you can't tell who either of them are. But the picture came out, it was a huge deal, obviously. And after a while, it just was like, okay, he's just going to stay. I guess we don't, we're not going to do anything about it. He just rode out the, the ridicule storm. Yeah. But And let's go back to Cuomo, because it seemed to me that it was possible that he'd ride out the ridicule, ridicule storm. Because up until a few months ago, I'd say... He was still being hailed as this hero of COVID figure. There was quite a lot of evidence to suggest that he wasn't a great hero of COVID. But in the sort of peak of the crisis, when everybody was panicking, when a lot of the pro-democratic media were stressing how terrible Trump was as as a leader in this crisis, 
Cuomo emerged as their sort of alternate hero, didn't he? Yes. He was a foil to Donald Trump in their minds, and he was... I mean, there are so many labels that he uh, received. He was the America's boyfriend, the love gov, and that's not even including all the awards he got. He got an Edward M. Kennedy Award for Inspired Leadership. I don't know if the uh, British listeners are as familiar uh, with Ted Kennedy. Do a quick Google search if you want to, but I don't think you're going to enjoy what you see. Another another great Democratic pervert. Yes, exactly. And um, so it does make sense that he got that award for Inspired Leadership. And then he also got Emmy Awards. I mean, this guy, it's not an understatement to say that he was absolutely praised by the media. And I today I started noticing, like I saw in the New York Post, it said, oh, you know, late night hosts blast Cuomo. I mean... A few decades ago, these comedians would have been blasting Cuomo from the start of this, from the nursing home scandal. But they decide to go after him after months and months and months of calling themselves Cuomo sexuals because they were just they were so blown away by his heroism. And now the day he decides to resign, they finally work up the courage to criticize this guy. It's just it's all so obvious and and so disappointing. Well, uh, let's touch on the nursing home scandal because, again, some listeners might not be familiar with it. The allegation, and I think it's been proven true, and it's also been proven that he covered it up, was that Cuomo forced nursing homes in the state of New York to accept COVID-infected patients back into care homes. So, effectively, it's fair to say, killing thousands of New Yorkers. That, to me, and perhaps this is because I'm a vile misogynist, is a greater crime than groping a few women. Uh, although I'm not saying that groping a few women is is appropriate behaviour for a governor of New York. But isn't it odd that that gets washed over because he's sort of not Trump, but then this seems to take him down? I think it's odd, but it's also probably pretty... uh, It's a tactical move on the part of Democrats. I think they know that if they go after him for this nursing home directive, which I believe a lot of other Democrat governors also did something similar to this, then they would have to open that can of worms and look into other governors. And they don't want to do that. They don't want to sacrifice more Democrats than they have to. So if they go after him for these sexual harassment allegations, then they can just, you know, have a clean slate, get rid of him, bring on someone new. And it's just an easier out for them. And and I agree with you. Neither of these things are good. They're both terrible. But 15,000 people dying, the fact that it doesn't get more play is gross. It's it's really... And and I, the nursing home thing in, in the United States, and I don't know about other countries, but it's so insane to me to think about the fact that you would send... You, you had your, let's say it was your parents in there, and you couldn't get in. I've just never heard of anything like that. Like, you couldn't get in and take them out of the nursing home because the states didn't let you. I just, I I don't know. I, I just, I've thought about that before, and I ask people, I'm like, was that really the rule? Because if my mother or father were in one of those places, I would have just been, I think I would have just tried to break in in the middle of the night and like grab them and and taken them out. Yeah. It's insane to me that that happened. And especially in New York where he actually had all of this space in those ships and he still decided to send people back. Well, I wondered if that was what uh, did for him in the end was that his boosters in the media 
were embarrassed by the fact that they fell so madly in love with him, really. That's not an exaggeration when you talk about the word quomosexual becoming a thing. They fell so madly in love with him at the height of the panic around COVID. And then he emerged to be actually quite an incompetent, bungling, and a little bit sinister, uh, a sinister authoritarian. And so he sort of embarrassed them. And what they could, they could probably have forgiven him his uh, sexual proclivities, but they couldn't forgive him uh, the fact that he's embarrassed them. Do you think there might be something in that idea? Yeah, and I think you see this this a lot with the media is they don't like they're proven wrong a lot, especially as of late, and they don't like that. But I think another part of this is that, and it's so easy, especially for me, everything is Democrat versus Republican. But I just I want to make mention of the fact that I think a lot of people have they give these politicians the benefit of the doubt in the in the sense that this was an unprecedented thing. We've never gone through a pandemic before. I interviewed Janice Dean, who's very outspoken for the listeners who don't know her. She's from Fox News. Both of her in-laws died in one of these nursing homes, and she has been very outspoken about how sinister Um, I think that's the perfect word to describe him, Andrew Cuomo is, and how much he needs to be brought to justice. But I remember she had said to me at one point, you know, if he had come out and apologized and just said, this was a horrible mistake, you know, a lot of people would have been more forgiving and actually said, listen, like nobody knew what was going to happen with this. But instead what he did, which is an important part of this, is because he was writing a book that was about how wonderful he is during this pandemic, he purposefully hid the actual real numbers. So he manipulated it to make himself look even better to the press. And I mean, he at every step of this, he just proved that he's not a good person. And and I think that's the part of it that kept people like Janice Dean and New York Assemblyman Ron Kim and Councilman Joe Borelli, people like that, they just kept fighting because they're like, no, this is a bad dude. Yeah. Well, that was very weird, wasn't it? That he had the time, he seemed to have the time to write a book uh, while being governor of New York during the COVID crisis. But let's talk about apologies, because he didn't apologise for effectively killing thousands of uh, vulnerable New Yorkers. But he did semi-apologise as soon as the official inquiry published its reports that found 11 women had accused him of sexually harassing them. And he mounted this very strange defence that uh, Fox News uh, or a Fox News Chiron Chiron writer summarised brilliantly as, I'm not perverted, I'm just Italian. And I thought it was a very strange thing to do as he said, you know, I'm sorry if, if I was misunderstood or my affectionate nature was misunderstood, but essentially I'm just a tactile sexagenarian Latin. That was his defence, wasn't it? Yes, and it was insane. I'm not even Italian, and I was offended for Italian people. There was so much gaslighting and excuses. And and that was the part of this, Freddie, that drove me crazy, was this, he tried to conflate this idea that I'm old-fashioned, and I'm sorry if I call people honey or sweetheart. Listen, I know plenty of older people in this business who still call people honey and sweetheart and don't have any issues because, yeah, maybe uh, according to the woke people on Twitter, you're not supposed to use these those words, 
But I would say for the most part, women don't really care if you call them honey or sweetheart. That was not his issue. His issue is not that he hugs people and calls them honey. His issue is that he was groping women. His issue is that he was asking women about their sexual history and these inappropriate questions. So he really was gaslighting people about this whole, I'm old fashioned, I'm an Italian guy. This is what, you know, this is what I do. It's like, wait a second, that's not what we're talking about. And you're diminishing these allegations or these accusations by trying to say, I understand that they're offended that I called them sweetheart. That's not what this report said at all. Well, it's interesting that, so he, I mean, ever since Harvey Weinstein, the Me Too movement, Democrats have to pay homage to the idea of believable women. But as a lot of people have pointed out on the non-democratic side, they seem to be very tactical about when they believe all women. So if it's Brett Kavanaugh, they'll believe the accuser, no matter how historic and vague. If it's Joe Biden, for what I would say was an equally historic and vague allegation, it'll be largely dismissed. I wonder what it is about Cuomo, other than the fact that they turned on him and they were embarrassed about their adoration of him during COVID. What was it about Cuomo that, they, that suddenly caused the, the reaction to become a similar, a similar news reaction to what you might have seen had he been a Republican? I think part of it, and you know, if I thought about it longer, I could probably come up with something, um, something else. But I, I, the most obvious part of it to me is probably the fact that for um, some of these accusations or allegations, there were witnesses. And a good example is the state trooper. You'll notice, Freddie, that yesterday when he offered his resignation and he made this whole speech, he's sticking by the fact that a lot of this did not happen. But one point where he will highlight it and apologize and say, well, that's not what I meant, or I did it unconsciously, or whatever his words were. It was like a sleepwalking excuse. I robbed the bank when I was sleepwalking. The example was the state trooper, and that's because there were witnesses there. And I think that his his arrogance in a lot of these situations and where he would... I mean, sexually harassing anyone is a hor- is horrible, But to sexually harass a state trooper is the level of boldness and kind of, um, it's just insane that he would do that. And there were people around. So I think he probably knew that there were more instances where there were other people there who could confirm these allegations. So he couldn't just deny, deny, deny. If it was his word against another woman's word, he would lie all day long. I don't think he would have any problem doing that. But some of these situations put him in kind of a a sticky situation because there were people there who could say, no, she's telling the truth and he's lying. I suppose what what he realised was that he probably was gone because the Democratic Party had turned against him. And it's just interesting, isn't it, where uh, which Democratic politicians the kind of the pervert hunt will come after. I mean, I guess in his case, he, he seems to have been a pretty serious pervert. But there are other people who have faced quite serious allegations that have not been investigated. I think of Justin Fairfax, Keith Ellison. Again, to reiterate, they're not proven. But what's interesting is that the pro-democratic media does not pursue these allegations. And that's before we even get started on on Bill Clinton. Yeah, I, I think there's always there's always going to be, you know, this double standard and there's going to be more journalistic curiosity depending on the politician's party affiliation 
But that that's something that I was thinking of yesterday. I mean, I host a radio show here in New England, and I'm talking about Cuomo resigning, and immediately people are calling up and saying, what about Trump and the Billy Bush tape, and what about this and that? And I'm like, listen, if there were cases where they could have investigated Donald Trump, I don't think there's any denying that that would have happened. We saw how they combed through Brett Kavanaugh's high school yearbook and his old calendars and the fact that he liked to drink beer and where he was on this day. And, you know, there was no stone left unturned. And that's the difference is that with Republicans, there's no stone left unturned. So if you can't get them on something, it probably means there wasn't anything credible. But in these cases where they have decided to turn on Democrats, it's a treasure trove of information that they can go back on. Well, I mean, at the risk of uh, disagreeing too strongly, I think, I mean, Trump, you know, he did, he did, it seems pretty convincingly proven that he paid off mistresses to stay quiet. He did seem to sleep with a porn star that was never totally confirmed, but it seems pretty well proven. So, I mean, the, his sleaziness was... was oh, a thousand, a thousand percent. But I do think there's a difference between being sleazy and maybe not being like a saint or a gentleman and forcing yourself on people, which was, from what, I, what I'm reading about Andrew Cuomo, it does seem like he, a lot of this was unwanted attention he was giving these women. And they were not really showing, and they were women he was working with, and they were not really showing any interest in him. And he still was just relentless. What, what does it say about a large chunk of the American media and perhaps quite a large chunk of, of the public, judging from social media, that everybody got so enthusiastic about Cuomo? I mean, as an outsider, and I'm not claiming to have any particular insight, as soon as I saw him doing those COVID press briefings, I thought, what a creep. He sounds strange. Uh, he sounds like a sort of... A, a, a fascist who suddenly discovered a little bit of brief, authority, brief extra authority. And I thought, isn't it odd that people suddenly revere someone who can just, who can convince them that he's in control? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I didn't understand it from the beginning, but I also don't like him. Like, I never liked him. So if, if you, I, I think sometimes if you want to like someone, if, if they, if their politics align with yours, it's amazing how different your perception of them can be. But I agree with you. I would watch those and I would just think, oh, he's so condescending. He's such a fake tough guy. Everything's about like him and his brother and mom's meatballs. And, you know, everything was like this big gangster. I, I never understood the appeal. But I think that Democrats in the United States are just absolutely desperate and that might change as Trump fades into the background if he does. But he broke something in them and they're so desperate to like avenge his presidency and find this hero that can take him down and is the anti-Trump. And in that process, they've picked awful. I think I wrote for The Spectator once. They're like uh, um, someone who has a horrible dating track record. They can't pick good suitors they they pick Andrew Cuomo and Michael Avenatti and they pick these absolute scumbags and it's because they're so desperate that they're going down these bad paths and just picking people that continuously disappoint them let's talk finally about the Chris Cuomo Andrew Cuomo thing relationship uh, there are two brothers Chris is a host on C is an anchor on CNN has his own show 
And again, going back to the, that, those crazy few months of the pandemic last year, where his brother would appear regularly with him and they sort of josh, as you say, in this bantering Italian New York way. And people really seemed to find, obviously lots of conservatives like you and me thought, how ridiculous, but lots of people seemed to find it genuinely winning. And now, you know, Brian Stelter was on uh, TV last, another CNN anchor was on TV last night, sort of trying to explain it and defend why it was okay for CNN to uh, broadcast these fawning interviews with a governor uh, conducted by his brother. I mean, there was no journalist integrity there, was there? No, and I watched that Brian Stelter interview with, um, I think it was Stephen Colbert, and I've heard him make this excuse before that, you know, it was an, un- he loves that word, unprecedented. It was an unprecedented time. And, you know, we don't have a, we don't have a handbook on how to handle this. And I'm like, but was it, were we all in this dire need to watch Chris Cuomo interview his older brother with a giant Q-tip? Like, was that, was the pandemic that scary and that was the only option for us to get out of it was, oh, I need to turn on my TV and, and I need to laugh at Chris and Andy and that's going to save me from this horrible state we're in. No, of course not. That was a choice they made and it was the wrong choice. I thought it was interesting though. Tucker Carlson had a really good take on this and the reason I like him is because I I don't think as much as people might disagree I don't think he's black and white when it comes to issues I think sometimes he he goes in a way that people wouldn't expect him to go he's not like a conservative caricature and one thing he said was um you know of course Chris Cuomo is going to defend his brother of course Chris Cuomo is going to try to help his brother you you help your family and even when they do you like if your brother does something wrong you're going to try to help him but that and I do agree with that and I and I think that that's um a very valid point but then I'll turn on Chris Cuomo and I watch him sanctimoniously lecture like Ron DeSantis or Trump supporters and he I can't I cannot understate how smug and disdainful he is of people who disagree with him. And then I lose my sympathy for him with that because I'm like, no. I mean, it would be one thing if he was just honest about it and said, listen, you know, I, I get it, I messed up. But he'll never do that. And he's just, he's just like his brother. He's just insufferable. Well, it seems like you can survive on CNN, as Jeffrey Tubin proved, and be insufferable. You can't, it seems, survive as governor of uh, New York. But what do you think will happen to Andrew Cuomo now? Do you think he will rediscover himself as a media figure? Do you think he will try to go back into politics at some stage? Give, give me a prediction. I don't know. I think he'll probably, I think his only option is to just kind of sit back and, you know, I'm, I'm sure he has plenty of money and just kind of retire. I, I, I don't think that he's going to be, I mean, I was reading a story today, I think it was in the Daily Mail, about how he's going to be persona non grata in um, the Hamptons and wherever. And I was thinking to myself, this is the most obvious story I've ever read. Like, obviously, you're not going to be welcomed with open arms with all these beautiful people in the Hamptons. But I don't know. I mean, our culture is so strange, you know? It's strange how people do make comebacks um, and how people do... um, kind of reemerge from these scandals. But I just think in the case of Cuomo, what the media is acknowledging he did 
versus what most people know it's like the tip of the iceberg like what what this guy actually did is so much worse than what we're talking about so i kind of don't think that he's gonna have a second shot as like a cnn contributor but but like you said jeffrey tubin's on there so who knows I, i don't know it's hard to predict Grace, we'll end it there, but um, thank you so much for joining us. It's uh, a pleasure talking to you, as usual. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Americano. And I'd like to encourage you all to give us your feedback, positive comments or constructive comments only, please, to podcast at spectator.co.uk and say anything you like there as long as it's reasonably polite. (laughs) 